Production. Recorded live. Well, good evening, and welcome to our study tonight, for this is the day the Lord has made, and it we shall rejoice and be glad. We thank God for another day that he has given us, in that we still have life, health, and strength, for this is a day that we can say that we'll never see again, and we, I pray that you have lived this day to the fullest that God has given you to live. We are grateful for you that in our study tonight, and I pray that at the end of our study, you would have received a blessing and also able to make application to the Word of God in your life. Let us pray, please, as we prepare for our study tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your blessing tonight, and we praise you. We glorify you, Lord. There is no God like you, not in heaven and not in earth. You are the only true, wise, and holy God. Father, we love you this night. We praise you and we glorify you, Lord, um, for your greatness, for your kindness, for your mercy, for your blessing that you have bestowed upon us, and for all that you are doing in our lives. And we know, Father God, that that. You have started a good work in us, and be sure, Father, that you will finish the work that you have started. We praise you this night, Lord. We glorify you, Father, and we ask, Lord, that as we study your word tonight, that your Holy Spirit would um, anoint us to hear your word and to receive your word, and that we may become doers of your holy word. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Father for everything that you've been doing in our lives. And now, Lord, we give us time back to you for study. And, Lord, we pray that you would honor it and you would accept it for all honor and all glory belongs to you. Thank you now, Father. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Again, we want to say God bless you and thank you for joining us tonight in our study. Um, We are going to dive right into our study tonight. Um, continuation from our last week, we are studying the anointing of God, or we're talking about David's threefold anointing. Remember last week we laid the foundation, we spoke about what is the anointing and um, the importance of being anointed. It is very important to be anointed of God and not just to be gifted have a good gift. We also talk about the fact that the anointing um, is not exclusive to your gifting or to your ministry alone, but it's also a part of your character. We stated that it develops your manhood for ministry. Um, it, it, it gives you directions. Um, matter of fact, we also say that your life ought to be cleaned before you even think about being anointed by God. We stated that God anoints who he appoints, and um, he anoints you with an assignment in mind. You did not get anointed just to, to walk around the church or to say I'm anointed or to say that I am this apostle or prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, or whatever the case may be, but the anointing of God it's for God's purpose, so that you can um, successfully fulfill your assignment that God has placed in your life. Saying that, we we spoke about Zechariah um, four and, and six. We talked away says, the Lord said that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts. And also Acts one and eight, it said, after this the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and he shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and um, and to the utmost part of the earth. So right there we identify that the anointing is um, to make you or to give you power to work in your um, assigned calling, your assigned calling. So let us fill off from that and continue our teaching tonight about the anointing God. Now, I want to pick up by talking about um, several key kingdom factors 
that are included in the anointing or that um, that is tied into the anointing, okay, um, those factors including um, the multiplication of grace um, in your life, there is a level of, of grace that God placed in your life. Um, so there is a multiplication of grace that God placed in your life. It also, within the anointing, it's about a, a magnification of the glory of God in your life. God reveals some things and magnifies some things in your life. Um, it's also, the anointing also deals for the dimensions of the anointing, should I say, in your life. Um, deals with the plan and purpose of God for your life. Um, you know, it has you tailor-made um, for the expression of God. It has only you want to have that particular anointing because you are who you are. You're not me and I'm not you. So, um, again, the anointing has those different key elements. Again, we talk about the multiplication of grace in your life. We talk about the magnification of the glory of God in your life. And it's also about the plan and purpose of God for your life. And um, also, um, it measures who you are. According to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 through 18, um, that is a very good scripture text for you to um, look at. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 and 18. So again, as we begin our study tonight, note that we are talking about several um, levels or dimensions of the anointing. And I'm going to try to take my time with this tonight and see if we can, um, if it can help someone out there who are wrestling with their gift and dealing with so many different traditions in their life. Okay, remember now, there's a truth about the anointing. The anointing comes from God. It's not from man. And your measure of anointing is entirely different from another man's measure. Um, you may you are anointed for a special assignment. Um, God would not anoint you if He does not have an assignment in mind for you. And before you could be anointed, He has to appoint you. He appoints you and then anoints you. Before the anointing, there comes the appointing, and before the appointment comes, you have to, your life has to be in a position prepared and ready to receive um, the anointing of God. The anointing, then, is the gift of God or the power of the Holy Ghost. You may have the Holy Ghost, but it, it empowered you to do certain job or an assignment. If I am a pastor, I have a pastor's anointing. I do not have um, a prophet's anointing. If I am a prophet, I have a prophet anointing. I do not have an evangelist anointing. And on and on and on and on and on. So please remember that. So some of the key dimensions of the anointing, again, one is the multiplication of grace in your life. God multiplies a level of grace in your life to handle certain pressure, to handle certain issues and conflict. You are anointed with, with that multiplication. You've been multiplied with the level of grace um, in your life. So that's one reason or one key factor um, of the anointing. Another good factor of the anointing is the magnification the magnification, to magnify something is to make it much larger and much bigger. So the magnification of the glory of God in your life, there's a level of glory that sits in your life that houses the anointing. The anointing will never rest in your life if the glory of God is not there. So you may want to ask an apostle, how do I receive the glory of God? Well, for you to receive the glory of God, the multiplication of the grace of God must be on your life. Okay? That is, the grace of God is the abundance of his 
unmerited favor that he would bring into your life. He selected you. He appointed you for a special assignment. Case in point, uh, Mary was uh, a virgin, but there were many other virgins um, during that day and time. She was not the only virgin. So why did God find favor or grace with Mary and not, with, not even with Elizabeth? Elizabeth gave birth to John the Baptist. Why, why wasn't it switched around? Well, because there may have been, and this is not, I have not found this in the Bible, but I am saying this out of my spirit. It could very well be for the fact because of the lineage or the line that Mary came through and out. And so God wanted um, um, favor upon this family. You know, the lineage that Mary came from, as well as Mary had spent most of her adult life in the temple serving the priests and ministering to the priest. And this same, uh, so, so God saw favor in her. She abandoned a lot of her own personal life um, so, and stayed in God's house. So because of this, the grace of God, the multiplication, abundance of grace was upon her. The longer you stay in God's presence, speak Holy Ghost, the longer you stay in God's presence, the more grace is upon you. Um, and the more grace that is upon you, the greater the glory of God is in your life. Glory is favor. Glory is, is um, God's on your side. It's favor with man, favor with God. Um, so the more you sin God's presence, the less time you have with the enemy or with, um, yeah, with the enemy. So, so the glory of God it produces because of the grace of God. Okay, so those are the two levels or key factor of the anointing. Again, it causes the multiplication of grace of God in your life. Number two, it brings the magnification of the glory of God in your life. Number three, uh, it also produces the plan and purpose. It produces the plan and purpose of God for your life. Your life has a special plan and a special purpose. It's not going to come because you go to Bible study or you go to seminary, but because, uh, because of the glory of God in your life, which comes from the grace of God in your life, grace, glory. Now you have God's purpose and plan being revealed in your life. Okay? Um, so it, 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 these are some of the, the elements or some of the characteristics or the reason for the Holy Holy Ghost, okay? Again, according to Second um, Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 through 18, it also, you will find out about his divine assignment for your life in that area there. And God has um, given all of us a measure of grace. All of us has a measure of grace. My measure is not like yours. Yours is not like mine. Please keep that in, in your mind. Keep this in your mind, okay? So these and other important aspects um, um, is important for you to realize about the anointing, okay? Um, it's just a part, these are just a part of the abundant life that God brings to your life. It, is, it, it becomes like a compound uh, anointing. It's compounded again. When you put your grace and your glory and your purpose, it's like compound. I call it like a solid, a solid mix-up. When you take your tomatoes, your cucumber, your lettuce, and um, all of the other ingredients, you mix it, it's compounded. It's like together. So you take grace and you take glory and, you t and your favor or, or your purpose of God, the plan God for your life, and you put them together, okay, now it, produce, it produces the divine assignment for your life, okay, so you really want to know your divine assignment, make sure the grace of God is in your life, and make sure the glory of God is in your life, and then you will you'll understand your divine assignment. You don't know your assignment unless God truly um, reveal it to you. You may have a feeling that you want to do certain things. Then you may say to me, well, Apostle, um, is that the only way to know your assignment? 
Um, no, there are many ways, there are many other ways you can know your assignment in God. Let me give you another way to know your assignment in God. If there is something that you have a passion for doing in the ministry over and over again and again, and it's like you can't get away from it, um, nine times out of ten, that is your assignment. If you find out that you go to a ministry or someplace and someone is doing something and it bothers you so bad and you say, my God, it's got to be more than that, and, and you feel critical, you feel burdensome about it, and you, you, that is, and you have a, a high passion for it, that is your assignment. Your assignment causes you to have passion, burning desire in your heart. So you may want to work with youth, okay, and, and that may be your assignment. You may be assigned into the ministry of music where God is using you to bring glory, yes, there goes the word, in, in the atmosphere of worship, okay, and um, you're not looking, of course you may be blessed for it, you know, with, with income, but you're not looking at that. The, 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 the prime object here is to bring glory. You want to ensure that people are being blessed. And it bothers you if you are a musician and you find out that while you're playing someone, uh, you know, hit the wrong key or note or whatever the case may be, and it kind of throws you off because you want everything precise and everything the way you feel that it should go. That's your passion. It could very well be your assignment, okay? Um, God will never give you four and five assignments without completing the first one. A lot of people start things and never get it done. I have seen in my 46 years of ministry, I have seen so many people um, begin something and never finish it, you know, and that's not God. God is a God. He finished what he had to do. When he started the world, he grew, he started something on the first day, and he went all the way. And the Bible says, and on the sixth day he ended. That so, means he finished all of his work, and on the seventh he rested from all his work. So therefore, God is the God of order and finish. He begins on and he ends and he finishes. So if we are like God and we have His Spirit, which is the anointing of God. Then, my brothers and sisters, you ought to complete some things. God will never take you to the next level if you didn't finish the first level. And I want to, I want to say to encourage you to um, don't try to seek any other Holy Ghost to say you have the anointing. The, the anointing comes from the Holy Ghost. If you are saved and you have Christ in your heart, the first step is you got saved by the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. You couldn't get saved by any other spirit. There's no other spirit to come to anoint you. Your anointing then is the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you for you assigning you to a special job to do certain things. You've either been anointed to cancel devils, you've been anointed to raise the dead, you've been anointed to preach, anointed to teach, on and on and on and on. So, so the anointing, uh, again, begins with your character, okay? You're not, uh, your gift is not anointed, and your character is not anointed. If you have a gift, and your life is not anointed, or your character is not right, or walking with God, not anointed with God, the power of God is not controlling your life, then your gift is only a sounding graph and a tinkling symbol, making noise. It is not really the gift of God. So, again, if you were born again, my brothers and sisters, I don't care whether you're an apostle down to the door keeper, and you have the Spirit of God inside of you, if you're doing a job and you faithfully doing it, you are anointed to do that job. Well, how do you get anointed? By the Holy Spirit. The anointing is the power of the Holy Spirit. God favored you to do certain jobs. Not everyone can bring order in church. Not everyone has the gift of, of calming children down. Not everyone has the gift of speaking. Not everyone has the gift of singing. So whatever you're doing, it's not because you have the gift to do it. It's because God anoints you. And remember, again I say, if your gift is not anointed, uh, or if your, I'm sorry, if your life is not anointed, then the gift you're using is just an empty barrel, making noise. Okay? Um, so these and other important aspects 
of his abundant life becomes the anointing to us, the abundant life of God with inside of you. And, and remember, don't forget responsibility with the anointing, or I like to say our response to his ability, responsibility. How do we respond to the ability of God? How, how do we surrender to him? Um, how do we stay in obedience in all things to him? This is about the anointing. So a lot of people think the anointing is only um, yelling and screaming and having goosebumps. So that's not the anointing. Um, that's feelings. That's emotion. You know, and God doesn't care anything about how you feel. All that stuff is good. But it's not about how you feel. It's about how you respond to his ability, your responsibility in responding to his ability. Now, remember, we are talking, we based a teaching from Acts 1 and 8 and Zechariah 4 and 6. And you know those scriptures out of your head, but just jot them down in the event that you want to go back and read them. Okay? Now, bear in mind, though, we, we do not want, you know, we don't want to approach um, um, the work of the ministry or the anointing. I don't want you to approach it from a, a mental or a, yeah, well, it's a mental attitude, you know, which is kind of rooted into our conscience sin, and that is you feel that you can do things because you've been around it long enough. That's a mental rooted grounded thing. That's not a nothing. You may be around, you know, a lot of people say, watch how I'm doing it, watch how I'm doing it. Well, that could be a copycat, you know. Um, you're watching how someone is doing it, and you're not really being called by God to do it. You have to be appointed by God. And yes, you can watch a person to, to learn some tactics and learn some skills, but if God did not select you for that, you're just learning things, but you, God ain't going to use you in that area. And if you go inside of to do it, you just, you know, you just are mimicking, you're just pretending, you're just trying to do something, and with the Holy Ghost, you don't try, you just do it. The Bible says these signs shall follow you. You know, you don't have to follow after signs or follow after what someone is doing, trying to make yourself anointing, anointed. Uh, you, all you have to do is just allow the Holy Spirit to, or ask the Holy Spirit, what is your assignment? Once he pointed out to you, he gifted you for it, he will anoint you for it, or he will empower you for it. Very important. Okay, it is now 820 um, I want to um, take a break and see if any of my followers studies have any questions about the anointing or anything related to the Holy Ghost. Are there any questions? Okay, uh, if not, let us continue going, please. Um, I want you to bear in mind, too, that, again, that the anointing is not based upon your performance, the performance that we do. And I, I have I've visited many churches over, my, over the years in ministry, and there's a great performance in the church. People uh, are very well gifted in, in having a group of people shake and move and draw them in to what they do, and they, they get emotional and and you have a lot of competition being produced. You know, um, there is no proper recognition of the Holy Spirit, okay? There, there's more of a recognition of competition, people competing. So if they know that, um, um, let's say, for example, some churches have um, youth choir, um, this choir, one choir singing on this Sunday, and the other choir singing on the other Sunday, on also. And so then you have different choir directors, and so the director is trying to outdo the other director, and so they rehearse for instead of 30 minutes or an hour, they go for another hour or so overdoing and doing, and they try to bring little things in to, to hype up what they're doing. So then people say, yeah, that choir is the best. I, I'm coming to church when they are singing. That is competition, producing competition. Okay, what God wants you to produce is the recognition of the Holy Ghost, not competition of another man. 
Okay, um, you should never have a, a poor inferior motivation. You know, you oh I, I can't do it like that person. I, I I'm afraid to do I'm afraid to go up there because she sung already and gonna make me look bad. Then my brothers or sisters, you're not anointed, you're not saved, you're not you're not following God, you are a carnal Christian. Okay, I don't care how someone else can sing or minister or preach. I, I do what God called me to do. And I don't get out there trying to pretend and trying to impress anyone. There's so many people who try to impress people by just because this one, you know, preached so good and sounds so good and the crowd was moved by it. So they go home and they rehearse and practice um, day after day after day after day. And when they get inside church or, or have an opportunity to speak, they try to be like that person or outdo that person. You know, it's not serving the purpose in the body of Christ, saints of God. It's not doing anything. As a matter of fact, it is doing something, but not anything purpose. It's keeping us in bondage, and it's keeping us. Uh, have you have you been going to church for years and 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 months and weeks and days and and seems like nothing has been happening, nothing has taking place? Well, it's true because the anointing of God is not there. The anointing of God is not there. If the anointing of God was in its full operation, it would destroy the yoke. It would break up every bondage, you know. So if if, if if we are in a place where nothing is truly taking place, you want to check the head because the anointing was flow from the head of Aaron through his beard down to the body, down to the feet. And if the anointing is not flowing from the head, the body is the body may have an unction of God, but it cannot go any place where the head is not going. It cannot go in front of the head. You don't see your feet. Um, your head is not turned backwards, and your feet walk in the opposite way. Your feet go exactly the way the head directed to go, and that's what it is with the anointing. The anointing flows from the head, my brothers and sisters. Let me say this to you, saints of God: in this hour and in this time. God is destroying every false anointing. Glory to God. Every false anointing, God is destroying. Why? Because his church now, he's, he's about to come back to receive his church so he could present the church without spots or wrinkles. He is, but he cannot, he's not going to do it with what is happening in the church. He has to destroy. He has to destroy, destroy unrighteousness. You remember the story of Lot in, in Sodom and Gomorrah? And God went down all the way from 50, 50 righteous, all the way down. I couldn't even find 10 righteous souls. And God destroyed, destroyed the city. He is about to destroy the city of the church. When I say the city of the church, that which is made known as the church, the institution today would look like the church, would act like the church. God is about to destroy it. There's too much gimmick. There's too much man style. There's no power of God. There's no glory of God. No one is being saved and delivered. We have, we minister to the same group of people every Sunday, every Sunday over and over and over again and again and again. That's the reason why I told the saints of God, Apostle is not looking for any members. I don't want no members. I want kingdom workers. Those who are going to commit to the work of God, you can go, you can go in, in, in Florida. You can leave and go down to Georgia. You can go to Mississippi. You can go to New York and doing the work of God and come back. And say, Apostle, here is the result what God is doing. You, you're not bound into one shelter every, every Sunday, 52 Sundays out of the week, and nothing has been done across the country, across the town, across the city. But I, I, want, I want individuals, kingdom workers, who's going to go and, 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 and minister the word of God with the anointing and the power of God that is upon their life. That is what God is looking for. And, and God is about in this hour, my brothers and sisters, to destroy false anointing. All these false apostles and false prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and deacons, and deaconess, and missionaries, these false anointed mimic, made up tongues, made up Holy Ghost. God is about to expose and destroy them. I want you to understand, my brothers and sisters, several months ago or last year, God had given me a vision. 
And I told them up in New York that God is about to send, is to send a, a severe weather, and it's going to come from from up north, and they're going to filter all the way down south and go on, go on the west, and all the way to the east is going to sandwich, and it's going to be because God is tired. God, my brothers and sisters, time is out. Time is out. Time is out for these thoughts called revival. We have revival every Every year we have a special week we call revival. Every month there's a different revival because somebody needs to pay a credit card bill, so they have to raise some money. Somebody needs to pay some bills, they need to raise some money. And and God God is about to expose and destroy it. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna break down the proper treasury system so inside Virginia so there would be no no funds flowing. I am telling you what God is revealing to me. He's gonna break it down. And all of these preachers would have saying that God is gonna produce a hundredfold money, this and that. It's not gonna happen because it's what is happening right now they're using the name of the anointing, not the anointing, they're using the name of the anointing for gimmicks and, and praying. Case in point, this is the third month and the 19th day of the third month of 2015. I've heard many people say, well, God wants you to give up three times 19 offering. Um, this third month and the 19th day, multiply three by 19. It is a gimmick, my brothers and sisters. Or this is or oh, this is the whatever, this is the fourth month, of the fourth day, and the fourth day, whatever, 2000, what God wants. No, God doesn't want that. He wants a pure bride that is depending upon his spirit. He wants a pure church that has been called by his name, that has separated themselves from all this gimmicks and foolishness. You don't have to be a member of no institution. Just be a member of the body of Christ. God will join you to the right ministry that is a part of him. All of these places that have a name over the dark horse, they're not really God's church. They're a man-made institution that are, are, are building themselves. Here's what I'm talking about. For, for 10, 20 years, Okay, you have one pastor. After that pastor, if he passed on, either his wife take over or his sons take over, or the nephew or the grandson take over, and everything, keeping everything inside a family confinement. And for that, they're keeping that money. One is the treasure, one is the secretary, or even an aunt or uncle is on the trustee because they know they're going to look out for their interest. The devil has deceived us, my brothers and sisters. The devil has deceived us. And I was talking about revival and stuff. Every week, every month, there's a revival going on someplace, and no one is being revived. Revival means you're going to be revived. Every other day, there's a revival, there's a revival, there's a revival, and no one is being saved, no one is being delivered, no one is being set free. Only God can call revival, brothers and sisters. It's the anointing of God, the power of God that calls anointing. Let me say this to you. I have never seen any place in the Bible where, where Jesus, where, where our Lord and Savior ever called a revival. Can you imagine that? He is, he is God. He, he never even had a pulpit to preach up. He never had a church. You understand? He sat down on a tree, under a, uh, uh, under, on a rock, under a tree, and he ministered to people. He stood up in the crowd on the mountains, and he ministered to people. He raised his voice and said, Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the children of God. He, he understand what I'm saying? He, he, he stepped in a ship and went out to sea and beckoned to them while they were on the shore and raised his voice and ministered to them. He never had a temple. He never had no congregation, so to speak. No, he, everywhere he go, people follow. Wherever he went, he just speaks his father's word. He just preached the word of God. Why is it that we have to get so much cars made up, so much flyers made up? We come into town, want this one to know we are there. We have a special um, uh, um, um, armor bearer with us. We, so we got to raise so much money to pay our armor bearers. We have to 
stay in a in, in a, uh, a three star, five star hotel. We have that all of this stuff. Um, what is the matter? What is wrong with the body of Christ? What is wrong with the true people of God? Where are the saints of God? Where are the men and the women of God who who gonna labor in the vineyard without expectation of monetary value and know that God will supply their need and know that God will give them the things that they so desire in the heart. My brothers and sisters, let me say to you, when you are anointed of God, all these things you take into consideration. You realize then that you're not working on your own accord, for Zechariah said it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts. It's the spirit of God that brings life to us. It's the Spirit of God that brings deliverance to us. It's not your effort of, of manpower, but it's of God. And after the Holy Ghost come upon you, ye shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Samaria, Judea, and the utmost part of your God want us to realize that it's Him that brings the anointing. It's Him, my brothers and sisters, that brings the anointing. Uh, so, so there is there is no need for us to try to compete, okay? There's no need for us to try to be like someone else. Your anointing depends on your divine appointment. It is glory to God. If there is a divine appointment for your life, God would anoint you for it. And, and the anointing is a process. You don't get anointed overnight and become what your destiny is. It is a process. David was anointed when, when Samuel went down to Jesse's house and anointed David. He was a little boy watching his father's sheep, and, and, he, and the anointing, the oil just went all over him. And it was 14 years later, 14 years later before he wore the crown in Judah, 14 years later, you hear what I'm saying? But it's a process. What was he doing all this time? He was learning the kingdom of God. He was learning how to kill giants. He was learning how to kill um, lions and bears and on and on. He was learning how to be a shepherd boy, to be a pastor, if you please. David had a process, had a process. And when he had went through the process, he got anointed. And in the interim of the anointing, here's the word of God. There was a song that was made. Saul had killed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. And I'm telling you, the process will bring you through your assignment. The process of the anointing will generate and, and, and allow you to go through things that you think you weren't able to go through. You're not being you're not being kicked to the curb just because God don't love you. You're not in your in your fire because God don't love you. Let me tell you something. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was put inside the fire furnace, they weren't put there because God didn't love them. They weren't put there because they had done something wrong. They were put there, my brothers and sisters, to teach the fire a lesson that there are some people fire just can't burn. There are some people who ain't going to backslide, who ain't going to fall away from God, who going to walk in their calling, no matter what it is, no matter how hot the fire may be or what the trouble may be. There are some people who just ain't going to backslide. Daniel, he was put in the den of lions. Okay, um, he wasn't put there again because God hated him, but he was put there to teach the lion our adversary that there's some people you can't devour. The devil ain't going to devour all of us. He's just a, that's a roaring lion. He ain't going to destroy all of us. There's some men and some women of them now on the west coast, the east coast, in the center, northeast, southeast, south central, central America. There are people right now who are giving their life and their time to God, who are, who are resting in the Yibba and in the spirit of God. There are men and women right now who are there just laying before God, waiting for the next move of God. They're not moving before God. They move. They're moving when they hear a sound, the abundant song of rain, which is above the point of their life. You may have been suffering for a while. God knows exactly where you are, my brother. You may be, might have been in, in, a, in a wilderness for death a long time. God knows where you are, my sister. 
Every great revival comes out of the desert. That's why John the Baptist was in one. He was inside the desert and he cried out. He cried out. He cried out from the desert. A revival came out of the desert and he stepped down by Jordan River, began to baptize the people, and he cried, Oh, each generation of wipers who have warned you to flee from the wrath which is to come. And he said, There is one who stands among us whose shoes are not worthy to unloose. I baptize with water unto repentance, but he should baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire. And, and on the day after that, the Bible said, he lifted up his voice and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taken away the sins of the world. My brothers and sisters, God knows exactly where you are. No matter what wilderness you are in, no matter what, what you're going through, he knows how to get you there. Yesterday, I'm sorry, on Sunday in our, in our service, we, we were teaching from the fact that, uh, that God was led, Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He was led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Hallelujah. Okay, so God knows where you are. God sometimes leads you into certain things. And you have to wait until that air is over. You have to wait until you accomplish your assignment. You have to wait until the season is right. You can a woman can be pregnant today and have a, a child born before it's time illegitimate or a uh, uh, I'm sorry uh, a premature child born before it's time. If it's still a child, you can have a ministry and, and, and give birth to it prematurely. Okay, that's why I'm saying wait on your movement, wait on the timing of God. God is time. God is a time God. He will never work out without a time. He will never work without ceasing. He is a time God. So remember, my brothers and sisters, that the anointing of God is for is to allow you to accomplish and to complete your assignment. That's what the anointing of God is for. To allow you to complete your assignment, to do your assignment. God will never use you in his service if you're not anointed. My matter of fact, he anointed even a donkey. He couldn't use a donkey until he was anointed. He anointed that donkey. He anointed that rooster. You hear what I'm saying, my brothers and sisters? And after the anointing was over, it was no longer there. Okay, when Samson one day was walking through um, a, a, a wilderness, a thousand Philistine came his way. The Bible said he picked up the jawbone of a donkey, and the anointing of, the, of God came. The Spirit of God came upon him. And every time he swings, every time he swings the jawbone, every time uh, a Philistine dropped to the ground, dropped to the ground, until they all were there. And then the Spirit of God, the Bible said, leave or left the, the jawbone, and he threw it away. Why? Because it was no longer good. It is the anointing of God that makes the, the uh, destroy the yoke. It's the anointing of God that fills you for with purpose and direction. I know if it was some of us, you know, with when we were to take that same job on and take it downtown or take it to a manufacturer and have millions and millions of copies made up and say this is the proven fact that this job on has killed thousands of men and we start making a pattern of it and selling it and copywriting it. But 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 then we in our footprint in, in our footnote we fail to say but no spirit is in it, no anointing is in it. It has left. It's gone. Are you hear what I'm saying, my brothers and sisters? It's very important for you to realize that you don't do anything without the Spirit of God. Don't do anything without the Spirit of God. It is very important for you to have the Spirit of God in your life. Now, let me pause and ask, are there any questions that anyone wish to ask, please? Okay, okay. If not, let me give you a brief hitting about David's, David's first anointing. David's first anointing is called um, the 30-fold. In Matthew and in Luke and in elsewhere in the Bible, you see 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. And it's so sad that um, the preachers of today use that for offering. Um, it depends on how you give unto the Lord, what you're going to get back. If you give sparingly or if you give 
a little bit, you're going to get 30 fold. You give a medium, you're going to get 60 fold. If you give abundance, you're going to get 100 fold. That has nothing to do with money, my brothers and sisters. You can give a million dollars and don't get a dollar back. Because um, when you give a million, when you give money, that is tangible. When you give money, that is, that is carnal. Paul said, when I give carnal, I receive spiritual. When I give spiritual, I receive carnal. Here's what I'm talking about. When I spend, when I spend early morning in prayer, that is spiritual. I, I, I spend hours in prayer or, or in study or fasting, that is spiritual. God rewards me uh, in the natural. God don't give me spiritual for spiritual in the natural. When I give, when I give my offering and tithing to God, then that God gives spiritual because now it's opening doors for, for evangelists and for missionaries to go on the field to win souls. Are you understanding that? So when you, you, when you sow your seed in the right field, speak Holy Ghost, when you sow it in the right seed field, if you take your, your $50 and you sow it in a $50 field, you ain't going to get no $100 back. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're expecting the wrong harvest. You have to expect the right harvest. When I give all I have to God, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. So when I give him everything that I have naturally and physically, and I depend upon him, God elevates me with the anointing and gifts and spiritual abilities, and as a result, this spiritual gift that I have, man gift onto my bosom, pressed down, shaken, running over, and, and, and uh, the abundance of God. Why? Because I sow into God without the expectation of the natural. I sow for the spiritual to be manifested. It's important for you to understand that. It is very important. So the 30-fold is a level of giving that of yourself to God. That is called repentance. That's the first stage when a man or a woman comes to God. That's a 30-fold. You, you come into the Lord. That's the first level. And in this level, you're going to get anointed by God, by the Holy Spirit. Very important, my brothers and sisters, for this next 15 minutes, we don't understand it. This first level of anointing of David, okay, it's a progression. It's, 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 it's a succession. It moves, okay, uh, uh, from, from a level to another level. And, and, and you cannot, God will not anoint you in the dark. He will not anoint you behind people's back. David was in the field being watching his father's sheep, and they sent for him. Are you hearing me? They sent for him, and he came in the presence, in the presence of his brothers. So your first anointing, when you get saved, yes, sometimes you, it happens when no one is around you, but normally in you, you it, it has to be a witness. There, there must be a witness. The first of David's anointing was progression. He, he had to come back to his father's house. So he had to leave what he was doing. Okay, He had to leave his, his the sheep on the other side of the mountain. Okay, and so it's called, it's called obedience, following things. Obedience is better than sacrifice. It is better than sacrifice. So he had to come into the presence. God bring you the presence of other people. God would show people who you are. When, when Saul was on his way to Damascus, he was not by himself. Are you hearing me? He was traveling with a company of men. And the Bible says, at midday, at midday, at midday, a bright light shone around him, knocked him down. And, and those that were with him heard the voice, but see, but see no man. Heard it, but see no man. God will always con confirm his, his calling of you in the presence of people. Even if you're alone in your bedroom and you get anointed for an assignment, God will confirm it one when you get in the public because he, he is not, there's no private interpretation. Are you hearing me, brothers and sisters? There's no private interpretation. So I'm saying to you that your first anointing, the 34, is the calling in. It is a progression state. It begins with the anointing. It, oh, I'm sorry, it begins with, the, with repentance. Okay, and then you're going to be tested because of the process. Keep in mind 
the testing is your preparation. It is your preparation. Okay, um, um, David was tested, okay, he had run for his life so many times from Saul, Saul wanted to kill him, he was tested also with Goliath, okay, um, uh, he, 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 he defeated Goliath, he, 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 he stayed humble even though Saul wanted to kill him and he could have killed Saul, he, he was faithful not to touch God's anointed. He was he did what he was supposed to, but he avoided sinning. He avoided destroying with, with God. So it is it is a process, it's a preparation, okay? Um he was anointed in the midst of his brethren, not behind the hills, okay? Okay, he became in the your anointing must be in the company so God can validate who you are. You have a lot of people overnight become ask God becoming apostles and prophets and have never even watered uh, have not weathered the storm. They have not even been able to, to they have not even lay down in, in a in an all night prayer meeting. They have not even walked the floor at night, but they all of a sudden it's fivefold ministry because of the fame and the name and, and they have not even even labor in the vineyard with God but they're not they they're not committed to a local assembly. They're not I mean that is preaching and teaching the word of God. But they're apostles, prophets, evangelists and pastors. I have met a man the other day introduced himself to me as Bishop so and so. I said, God bless you. I asked him, I said, Where's your ministry? Um, well, I am just doing evangelist work now. But you are a bishop. Who are you bishop over? Who are you when you're a bishop you have you have people that you bishop over their soul. You 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 understand what I'm saying? And so we have a lot of people just carrying a name, carrying a name, but there is no credential behind it. There's no validation behind it. People who can talk well and, and study different scriptures and, and are able to articulate certain things so now they feel that they are this or that. Why why do people jump right to be an apostle and and afraid to call themselves a brother or, or, or prophetess and afraid to be called a sister? You, you know, I tell them, you don't have to never call me no apostle. You know, my name is Hayward Nesbitt. You can call me Brother Hayward Nesbitt. I love that because that's who I am. That's who I am. My wife called me shirt. My wife called me honey. Okay, she called me apostle. She knows the apostle that is in me, the God that is in me. Okay, I, I want to live the life so she could understand it. My daily attitude with her, my character, my walk, my speech, my lifestyle, my determination. Okay, my discipline. Okay, that's what I wanted to see inside of me. I don't want to see a name or anything. And, and so, so it's important for you to realize your first anointing. It must be in the presence, or it must there shortly afterwards be confirmed in the presence of others. Are you understanding me? It's important for you to know this, my brothers and sisters. The Holy Ghost does not anoint you to be a lone ranger, okay? But he anoints you um, to take on a greater substance. Um, and from that you go to your affirmation. God affirms you. And from your affirmation you go to your ordination. And from your ordination, God takes you to your destination. And if you don't walk that pathway, if you don't go through that preparation, you don't get your affirmation, you don't get your ordination, you don't get your destination. Some people jump right to their destination or into ordination, and they have nothing affirmed by the power of the Holy Ghost. So my brothers and sisters, we all go to the end of our night study. It's important for you to acknowledge that the anointing of God is not a man-made thing. Okay? Seek the face of God. The only thing I could tell you to receive the anointing of God is to give your life completely to God. Every day of your life you give it to God. Every day you give it to God. Ask God. Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to, to reveal to you what your assignment is. If he shows you your assignment, you are anointed. If he shows you your assignment, you are anointed for it. He will never show you your assignment if he doesn't want if you're not anointed. And you can go right and ask the Holy Spirit to, to you know, to motivate you. God will take you through it so that you will be able to uh, uh, accomplish and finish 
your assignment. Okay, we have eight minutes left. My brothers and sisters, um, are there any questions that you wish to ask? Okay, if not, um, let us let us wrap this up, please. Um, scripture is John 18 and 37. And we'll close with that scripture, John 18 and 37. And let me um, turn to it, please. John 18 and 37. Okay, again, um, as we close, let me try to rehearse quick what we are talking about. We're talking about being anointed by God, what is the anointing of God, the level of the anointing, the multiplication, the magnification of the anointing, and um, the favor of God upon your life. Um, again, I invite you to go and listen to this um, teaching over and over again and again because I've been sometimes I move a little fast, and um, and you may miss some things. But the more you listen to it, you listen to it, God will bring light to you, and you will have some understanding. Okay, John 18 and 37 says, Pilate therefore said unto, unto him, Are thou, thou a king? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this end came I into the world. But I should, that I should bear witnesses unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. The word truth here means of my anointing. Okay, when you when you take this word and you um, run reference on it, um, the truth of God is His anointing, His Spirit. For God is His Spirit. Okay, and so that is anointing. He is saying that everyone that is of my anointing hears my voice. So you will know your calling because you're going to hear his voice. God will not have you. It's just like, it's just like um, you may be walking in a, in a group of people, okay, and if someone says, um, yell your name out, um, and you know that person, you'll know that person's voice. you know it. Um, and so you know the voice of God because you have his spirit. You have the anointing of God in your life, and you know, and you know what He has assigned you to do. So that is very important. And um, use your heart to feel God. Use your heart to feel God. How do I use my heart to feel God? Well, I don't live on feelings. I don't live on feelings. I ask God, Lord, okay, I may feel kind of emotional or feel downtrodden, but allow me, Father, allow me, please to act according to the way you want me to act, to think according to your words, and to respond according to the way you want me to respond. Let your heart do the work, okay? Not your head, not your emotion, not your feelings, okay? And if you allow this to happen, my brothers and sisters, nine times out of ten, you'll understand your calling. You'll understand your ministry. So again, the first level of anointing is called the 34. That's where you repent it. That's where you come to the Lord, and it's a process. You know, going through a preparation, and your anointing is confirmed, and, and once, once a confirmation in your anointing, okay, it brings a, a greater substance Okay, once, once there is a confirmation, it brings a greater substance. Remember that. So um, it moves to your affirmation. You've been affirmed, and then you are now able to be ordained. And that's your ordination, and then it takes you to your destination. Okay, having said that, my brothers and sisters, we have reached to the end of our study for this night, and I pray that I have um, given you something that you can walk with, I want to develop, please, that teaching with David's first anointing. And if you really want to find that way, you can go to Samuel, okay, Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 16, and begin with verse 1, and you will see the measure or the first level of David's anointing, okay? So, um, and if you want to do the second before we get back next week, is Second Samuel, 
Second Samuel chapter two, verse four, that deals with his second anointing. And the third anointing we will leave until we almost there. Okay. So again, many blessings be upon you, and I pray that you have received something from the Lord tonight to help you throughout the rest of this week. And I'm looking forward that we can meet again on the Thursday of next week. If are there any questions or, or statements or concerns, please. If there is not, let us pray. Father, we thank you again for the opportunity that you bless us with to share your word with your people, Lord. And we ask, Lord, as this word go over the um, airways, national, Father God, that you would um, allow it to touch the hearts of individuals, that they would receive it and become um, not only hearers of this word, but also doers of your word. We also ask, Father, that um, that throughout this week, as the saints search your scripture, Father, that you would show them hidden um, mysteries and treasures in your words, Father, that their lives would be um, more, that they would embrace your life, Father, so that they would respond to your ability and become their responsibility. So again, we thank you, Father, and I pray for grace, truth, and mercy to rest upon your people. I pray, Father, that you would give them courage. I pray, Father God, that you give them passion. I pray, Father God, that you give them a willing mind to search your word. For this, we give you all the praise. We give you all the thanks. But it's in your holy name. Amen. With that, I say good night, saints. Blessing on you. Look forward to seeing you on Thursday of next week. Amen. Good night. Good night.